Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecock, three and out podcast. The Buffalo Bills. Give old Mac Jones a good old whooping. Uh, Bills win, go to nine and three. And now the Dolphins got to beat the Niners to match them. Or the Bills are back in first place. And the Patriots go back to the 500 mark, six and six. We will dive into a lot of football, a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, I'll hit on the game right off the bat. Uh, some thoughts on Niners, Dolphins, Chiefs, Bengals. As you can tell, I'm, I'm battling a little something. Cold's out of retirement, and it's got my throat. But we don't tap out around here. So uh, Three and Out Podcast, if you listen on Colin's feed, make sure you subscribe to Three and Out Podcast. Appreciate everyone who sent me the uh, Spotify stuff. That's pretty cool. Middlecoff Mailbag, need you guys in the mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram Fire in the Instagram. Get your question answered here on the mailbag. Again, for all you Spotify guys, means a lot to me. All you guys sending me DMs, really cool. This would not exist without you. It would just be me talking to the wall, no one listening. So maybe it would, but it's a lot better with you guys around. Let's dive into some football. You know what's funny is for two decades, Belichick had this guy from Sarah High School named Thomas Brady and beat the living piss out of the AFC East. He kicked everyone's ass. I mean, hell, he hasn't even lost to the Jets in like eight years. And that includes Cam Newton and Mac Jones. But the tides have flipped. And I think tonight, last time I checked, well, I guess they knelt the ball. So the, the stats, if you didn't watch the game and you just clicked on the box score, you'd go, God, Mac Jones and Josh Allen's numbers look relatively similar. Both completed 22 balls, no interceptions. Josh threw a couple touchdowns. Mac only threw one. But you'd go, couldn't, you know, they didn't throw, you know, yards per attempt. Not that crazy. But when you watch the game, the gap was as wide as the Grand Canyon. And obviously, Belichick and even Tom benefited from the AFC East for the most part was pretty bad over those 20 years. Now it's really good, right? I mean, it's, there's a decent chance. I'd say there's a very good chance they get three teams in the playoffs. So anytime you do that, especially if, you know, honestly, one of the teams, they're going to be the fifth and the sixth seed. So it's not like the seventh seed that we've just added a couple years, I guess, last year. Uh, that's impressive. But the Bills now have Josh Allen. Like tonight, that's their trump card. Now, obviously, they're more talented than the Patriots, but not that much more talented than the Patriots. It's the quarterback. And the difference between Josh Allen and Mac Jones from just the eye test is like watching a star quarterback and watching a guy that's as average as the day is long. Josh is fantastic. As someone that just loves football, and I say it all the time, 
I watch pro sports for the stars. I don't watch it for the overachievers, for the undrafted free agents, for for the dude that was in the minor leagues for 10 years and finally makes it to the big leagues. I don't give a shit about any of those guys. I watch for Steph Curry, Josh Allen, Michael Jordan, and Tiger Woods. That's what draws me. Belichick and Tom Brady, and now Josh Allen. I mean, that guy is so fun to watch. Even the one pass that got called back on a touchdown to Diggs, his ability to just make jaw-dropping plays is pretty freaking awesome. And if you just like sports, even if you don't like the Bills, he is an easy watch. He is a fun watch. He is a spectacular talent. I mean, it is stupid how gifted this individual is and how far the guy has come in a pretty short period of time. Remember the knock on him out of Wyoming. And trust me, I was as anti-Josh Allen as anyone. This guy can't hit water if he was sitting in the boat in the middle of the ocean. And he couldn't. Balls were all over the place. And I'll never forget, I had a buddy who I, I, I bet my everything I own, he's going to be a GM in the, in the league. He's, he's an assistant, basically GM on one of the best teams in the league. And he told me, man, I think you're a little hard on Josh. I like him a lot. He believed in him. And part of the reason was, and his team's full of this now, high character, wants it bad, will give anything to be great. Now, I was like, yeah, but what if he can't complete passes? And clearly, when you have the character, the drive, and all the intangible stuff, you have a shot. Now, he's maximized it to the nth degree. But what we're witnessing right now, the other thing that hit me is like, do you know what's fun about a quarterback and when he gets the right wide receiver? You know when, you know, if you're in a relationship or you got a buddy in a relationship and it's like, God, these guys are in love. They, they are just meant for each other. It's just perfect. I think it's kind of like that with like a quarterback and a wide receiver. When it is just, it just pops. <laughs> it, it, it just works. You know, you're like, Tyreek Hill and Mahomes. That, that was like made in football heaven. And honestly, he's transitioned. He's at Travis Kelsey, same thing. But like you watch Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, you're like, this is perfect. Their skill sets. One, Josh can be, I guess, a little inaccurate sometimes on the short stuff. Diggs catches everything. And then his ability to make plays down the field, a little like Tyreek and, and Mahomes, just let it rip. He'll go up there and make a play. And Diggs, who I was, I wouldn't say I was on the fence on because I always thought he was a fantastic player in Minnesota, but I never understood why I was always so mad. I'm like, bro, you guys are winning in Minnesota. Your team's good. Like, why don't you want to be there? And listen, maybe he just wanted out of Kirk Cousins' business. And I've always said it's one of the great draft pick for player trades in the history of the league. 22 straight up for Diggs. They get Justin Jefferson. I mean, it's it's got to be one of the greatest win-win trades in the history of sports. And you watch Josh Allen and you watch Stephon Diggs it's like, if they were a couple, you'd be like, they are happily married. That, that, that just works. That, that, that couple was meant to be together. And when I watch Diggs and Josh Allen play, you just go, damn, man, that, that just works. That is a fun watch. And on the flip side, it's like, who is stunned? Listen, I, I think Belichick's the best coach of all time. You can say, well, yeah, Thomas Brady. I don't give a shit. I watched Belichick my entire basically from 18 years old on, beat the living piss out of everybody. Coach circles around everybody. Do things that no one else was doing. Obviously, he benefited from Tom. Phil Jackson doesn't win shit if he doesn't have Kobe or Michael Jordan. Great coaches need great players. Bill Walsh had Joe Montana. Like You can't do it on your own. So I'm not going to just diminish Bill Belichick what he accomplished. But today, like I'm sorry, and I questioned it from the offseason. You name Matt Patricia your offensive coordinator? A lifetime defensive coach? You name Joe Judge a special teams coach? Your quarterback coach? To go along with Mac Jones, a physically limited guy? It never made any sense to me. It was destined to fail. Now, I thought they were going to be like a four-win team. I underestimated Bill. They'll end up like 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight. But it's an ugly 8-9, and 9-8. Nine, nine and eight, Just because they have to win low-scoring games and they have to run the ball for like 100-plus yards to even have a chance. And when I watched tonight, and I went, well, number one, Mac Jones, one of his biggest downfalls, he doesn't know who he is. Like, Mac, you're closer to like Matt Schaub than you are Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Why are you running around constantly trying to make these extraordinary plays like you're like some Mahomes-Lamar Jackson mix? That ain't your game, bro. 
And if you do that, you will fail. And you saw tonight, he threw a pick. Ultimately, it wasn't because whatever these stupid catch rules are. But it's like, why are you trying to pull these plays out of your ass? You know what Belichick had a front row seat for for 20 years? A quarterback that could not move and who's universally regarded <coughs> as the best quarterback of all time. He couldn't move at all. I mean, he ran like a 5-240 at the 40 at the combine. Tom Brady knew his limitations. Most of the great pocket quarterbacks do. Now, Mac is a better athlete than Tom Brady, but he's not a good enough athlete, and he definitely doesn't have a good enough arm to just try to make these miraculous plays. He reminds me like Russell Wilson or like Deshaun Watson, pre-massage therapist, trying to like scramble to the left, scramble to the right, and make these throws. It's like, bro, what are you doing? And then I think, well, he didn't really do that last year. Why? Say what you want about this guy, and trust me, I've said some things, but Josh McDaniels is a really good offensive coordinator. Now he's got Matt Patricia and Joe Judge coaching him, and it ain't working. Now, you can argue their talent on offense isn't great. I agree. But they definitely ain't scheming. I mean, they pulled up one play out of their butt tonight with the the corner slash returner, uh, Jones, number 25, who had the game-winning punt return. Sweet little play. But if they're not running some gimmicky play, they can't score if they're not running the ball down your throat. And if the wind isn't going 90 miles an hour like it was last year in Buffalo, they're not going to do that to the Bills. And Matt Patricia and Joe Judge certainly aren't going to outthink and outcoach most defensive staffs in the league. Why? Because one's a defensive coordinator at trade, and the other guy's a special teams coach. So it's just an absolute debacle on offense. And ultimately, everything falls under the Belichick umbrella when it comes to the New England Patriots. Because when it comes to the football team, he does everything. He chose these guys. They're his guys. He also drafted Mac Jones, which... I have no problem. Mac Jones in like the third round. Mac Jones at pick 15. I mean, that's that's just absurd. And I'm not saying that hindsight now. I, I said it from the jump. I thought no, in no, in beside like the previous last five years, there's not a year in history that Mac Jones is a first round pick. But quarterback inflation, it is what it is. And the Patriots <clears throat> offense is an absolute debacle. And I'm going to end on this. Patrick Peterson said some stuff on his podcast that he does with, I think his former teammate, McFadden, who played for the Steelers, played for the Cardinals, about Kyler Murray. And basically just said Kyler Murray just cares about Kyler Murray. And then Kyler Murray gets on Twitter and, you know, chimes back. Basically like, I thought you were my mentor, a big bro. Why can't you just hit me up? And it's pretty simple. When I don't like or respect you, I'm not going to give you the time to hit you up. Part of being a good teammate in the NFL, especially a veteran guy, high-character guy like Patrick Peterson, when Kyler got there, Patrick Peterson had been there almost a decade, all-pro guy, but really like team captain-level guy like the Larry Fitzgerald of their defense. You treat people well, whether you like or dislike them. You, there's a role you play on the team, especially when it comes to the number one overall pick. So you're not going to treat that guy bad, but you can also judge the guy. And I had heard stories from other players on the team who now are no longer on the team, who are considered some of the highest character in league history that thought the same thing about the guy. These people are not making this up. So when Kyler is unsure why Patrick Peterson would just say this without telling him, because he doesn't like you. <laughs> he never did. But part of being a teammate is sometimes you got to fake it. When you're not a teammate, and this is the cool part about some of these players having a podcast, is their willingness, and honestly, it's not even that controversial. Like one of the things those guys said is, after the game, he didn't just drive the bus over Cliff Kingsbury. He threw the bus on him, lit it on fire, threw some dynamite in there, and blew the fucking thing up all over the guy. It's like, Kyler, your character has been on full display, not just for your teammates like Patrick Peterson, but for us sitting on your couch or us sitting on the couch watching you play. So this notion that it's coming out like is not that surprising. People do not like him. And there's, you know, I think two quarterbacks that are pretty polarizing right now, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. I think Russell's obviously pretty fake, not my cup of tea. Most people don't think he's a bad human being. And I'm not saying Kyler's like a bad human being, like he's committing crimes or anything. People just don't like the guy. I mean, that's pretty well documented right now. The team doesn't like him. I've heard from countless people in the league that know people in Arizona. It's not, they're not huge fans. And no one has anyone to blame outside of that building but themselves. They paid him. They did not have to do that. I understood why they took the guy number one. He's a fantastic talent. He's one of the fastest guys in the league. He's got a big arm. He was elite in college. 
it ain't working in the pros. <laughs> you know? And I said this a while back. Lincoln Riley had three guys. Back to back to back, basically. I think there was a year in between one of them. But Baker, Kyler, and then Jalen. And the biggest difference between Jalen and the other two guys, clearly, is Jalen's all in on football. He's all in on being a good teammate. He gets along with the 35-year-olds with kids. He gets along with the rookies. One thing I heard immediately in Philadelphia that drove a wedge between him and Carson Wentz, guys gravitated toward him. Guys don't naturally just gravitate toward random people. They gravitate toward people they like, who inspire them, whether it's in sports or whether it's in business. For whatever reason, Kyler Murray, you go the other way. You're like, yeah, I'm going to go eat over at this table. Clearly, Baker is somewhere in the middle. He's not as talented as those two guys. But I would put both Baker and Kyler in the category of like, something's off, bro. Like, it's we got enough evidence. And Jalen is a great example of like, the opposite. So when Patrick Peterson, one of the more well-respected guys in the league, someone who doesn't just say shit to say shit. Honestly, from afar, I never thought Patrick Peterson was some big talker. So that great player from LSU, went to the Cardinals, had a fantastic career. He's just speaking the truth. He's got nothing to hide. And thanks to these player podcasts, we get those type takes. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older, and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. 
Hey, let's dive into a little weekend football. It's obviously, you know, Friday night's going to be awesome, USC-Utah. Uh, the Saturday games are going to be fantastic, all these conference championship games. But there are, we've had some pretty average weeks in the NFL. Like in college, for the most part, you're getting two or three behemoth games a week, especially toward the end of the season. That has not been the case in the NFL. Well, that changes this week. And uh, to me, there are two just massive games. Obviously, Bengals-Chiefs, which we'll dive into in a second. And I'll start with the Dolphins on the road against the Niners. From a football perspective, you know, arguably one of the best, if, you know, depending on situational, I mean, I think they're the best red zone offense. Tua's having a fantastic season. Tyreek's a MVP candidate. Their, their offense is super fast, explosive. It, it's everything you'd want. We'll see the offensive line. They're missing some guys against the league's best defense. And the Niners, relative to 2022, are by far, to me, the best defense. Like, they're the best. Now, relative to historic units, they're not even the best Niner defense of the last decade. But it doesn't matter. That's irrelevant. All that matters is 2022. So from a football perspective, this elite offense against this elite defense, let's watch it play out. But to me, the most fascinating part about this game, and uh, listen, I, I guess I like the Niners, but I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't bet on this game. I, I know that. I, I do not feel confident of the Niners winning. It's been a roller coaster a couple years, and you never know what you're going to get with this team, no matter how many damn good players they have. But I think what's fascinating is, from a coaching perspective, and we've talked about it, and I definitely have hammered it home, but it's been a talking point for years about Belichick guys, right? They try to copy Bill Belichick. They try to emulate him. It's like, there's only one Bill Belichick. This little curmudgeon who's super educated that knows literally every position, every single play in the history of the league, right? Every single player too. Like, no one's ever going to be Bill Belichick. So when you try to copy him and all of his strategies, you're going to fail. And they all do. Every single one of them. And and even Josh McDaniels, who was probably the brightest star of the group, is 4-7. and seven, And they're celebrating beating Seattle like it was the AFC Championship game. Rightfully so, because, they, hell, they started 2-7. and seven. But when you look at Kyle Shanahan's guys, and to me, tr- his true guy was Mike McDaniel. Robert Sala, who he'd worked with from an assistant coach standpoint, was with him four years Robert Sala, obviously his ascension happened because he came to the 49ers. He was a fired linebacker coach from the Jags and transitioned his life to becoming, he's having a fantastic season. And if you watch Robert Sala mic'd up, if you're a Jets fan, I'm sure you've seen it. If you're a football fan, you'd enjoy it. Against the Bears, like five and a half minutes worth. You would think Robert Sala was a former NFL player who retired like last year. Just one of the guys going nuts and remember what made him like really pop in the NFL, Niners 2019 defense was elite, but was his actions going nuts on the sideline. It was like, God damn, this guy's passionate. And Mike McDaniel, last year when he got elevated to the offensive coordinator, he started doing these press conferences. It was like, this is the weirdest guy I've ever seen in the NFL. Like there has never been an NFL coach quite like this guy. Ivy League, really out there, quirky, talks different. And like we said with the Belichick guys, be yourself. And I think this works in any industry. I can speak for myself. When I have been most comfortable, uh, whether obviously from a podcasting standpoint, but inside a building, whether it was when I worked in the NFL, when I worked in radio, been in relationships, it gives you the most opportunity to have a successful professional life, relationship, whatever. I think everyone listening to this agrees. When they're at their most comfortable, when they are their, their most comfortable self, that's when they're their best self. Now, that doesn't mean everyone's going to like you. That doesn't mean you're going to get along with everyone. That's not the way the world works. But you got to be true to yourself in any walk of life. I, I truly believe that. And I, it doesn't guarantee you success in any industry that you work in. But it, to me, it gives you the best opportunity for success. That's why in college football, every guy that's very comfortable in their own skin, those guys are the ones having success. Now, just because you're comfortable in your own sin doesn't mean you're going to win a bunch of games. But look at Lane Kiffin. Remember early on in Lane Kiffin's career, he kind of was a weirdo? And then he's become very comfortable post-Nick Saban. And he's just true to himself. He doesn't try to copy Nick Saban. <coughs> he doesn't try to copy other... Co- he just he doesn't try to copy Pete Carroll, who he worked for. He's just Lane Kiffin. And you know what? It works. And I think when you watch Robert Sala, Robert Sala is not trying to copy some other coaches. Now, I'm not saying you don't steal ideas from other guys, but he's Robert Sala. And it's what put him in position to be a head coach. And to me, Robert Sala, we have seen Robert Sala's before. To me, Robert Sala is kind of from the Pete Carroll tree in terms of high energy, 
uh, just a guy's guy. He's got a little Mike Tomlin in him. He's just a cool cat who everyone likes. High character guy. People love the guy. And it was it's, it's easy to do that, especially when you're winning. Even though someone with the Jets told me last year when they were having a shitty season, they're like, you know what was really impressive about Robert? <clears throat> Is he was pretty consistent all season long. Like, obviously, you can't jump up and down when you're getting your ass kicked. But he, he didn't turn into a negative Nancy. He stayed his positive self. And it's clearly bearing out some fruit this year with their team kicking ass and taking names. Like, you watch the Jets team, it's really good. It's a little harder for a guy like Mike McDaniel, who's just a quirky dude. Watch one of his press conferences. It is unlike a lot of other press conferences. And for those of you that don't know, Mike McDaniel has been with Kyle Shanahan for like over a decade. He was once fired by Gary Kubiak because he struggled to get up early, early on in his career. And when you're like the quality control guy and the head coach is also the offensive coordinator, like he's calling, and I guess Gary Kubiak was a really early morning guy. They couldn't get a hold of the guy. And he was fired. He had to go to the World League. And then he battled alcohol issues when he was with the Atlanta Falcons with Kyle, and they supported him, and he went to rehab. Like, he's got a, got a crazy story. But to me, what makes him the craziest story is, like, him. He doesn't look like most coaches. He definitely doesn't talk like most coaches. But you know what? He doesn't try to fake it. Like, you watch him mic'd up. He's just kind of a weirdo. But it's it's him. It's who he actually is. And I, I think there's a tried-and-true formula in, in coaching just like it is in any leadership position, if you are true to yourself, whether it's weird, whether it's bravado, whatever you have that is truly yourself, you got to stick with it because it gives you a good opportunity to be successful. Now, the main reason Mike and the Dolphins are having a fantastic season and surely headed to the playoffs for the first time in, I don't remember, it, Tony Soprano, the year of the Wildcat in 08. Is that the last time the Dolphins? Um, Dolphins fans would probably get mad at me. No, we made it in 2013. I don't remember you guys in the playoffs. <laughs> like in the last decade plus, I don't remember turning on wild card, you know, Saturday and Sunday and seeing you guys. Like you guys have been relevant because your franchise is always involved in weird stuff, but you don't win a lot of games that matter because you never play in January. Now, you have won 19 games. It's not like McDaniel <clears throat> inherited some terrible team. Like Sal- The team Salah inherited was much worse than the team McDaniel inherited, but he's done a really good job. <clears throat> and the reason he has is because he's a really good offensive coach, and he's good with offensive skill guys and quarterbacks. So what Kyle Juszczyk told me years ago, guys love him. The 40 Debos, the Juszczyks, the Kittles, those guys really like Mike McDaniel. Why? Because he knows football. And ultimately, as a football player, whether it's Robert Sala or whether it's Mike McDaniel or whether it was Joe Judge. As a player, I don't really care that, oh, you worked for Belichick or you worked for Saban or you worked for Kyle Shanahan because it's me and you. You're my coach. I'm playing the game and we're the the Jets, the Lions, the whoever's. So can you help me out? When you tell me to run this route and I'm a wide receiver and it's going to work against this coverage and they run that coverage on third down and that's what we're going to call and then it works, I'm going to believe in you. So whether you're an asshole, whether you're a nice guy, whatever, if you can help me be productive and be a good player, you're going to help my family because I'm going to be a good player and good players get paid and it's just a trickle-down effect. And that, to me, like you go back to the Belichick guys, maybe some of their messages haven't been totally wrong, but they're viewed as fake and then maybe it doesn't always work on Sunday So, because nothing's always going to work. Hell, Belichick and Andy Reid and Sean Payton and Pete Carroll, these guys have made calls that don't work. But when I establish a level of respect and from a human connection, you know I'm being real, I can live with some mistakes if I know you're going to help me and two, that I respect and I trust you. And I think that's one thing that Kyle's two guys, the last two guys that have got head coaching jobs, Robert Sala and Mike McDaniel, players trust them because, like I said, completely different personalities, but very genuine people. And they're having a ton of success. And honestly, it feels like both guys, the Dolphins, are going to make the playoffs. I, I don't see how the Jets don't. I mean, if, if Mike White's just solid, it feels like the Jets are a playoff team. And then the, the Bengal uh, Chief game. I, if you're on social media, you see a bunch of players are talking shit back to each other. That's cool. Like, you know what? Rivalries matter. And having hatred toward each other as sports fans and as us on the outside consuming this, that matters. We want to think that when we're sitting on our couch screaming up and down, the players and the coaches care as much as we do. And sometimes they care way more, and sometimes clearly they don't care remotely as much as us. Look at the NBA. I saw Sean Payton went on this rant to Coward, actually. He goes on a show on Monday. 
And he talked about how he knows there's been tanking before in the NFL. And I'm going to call bullshit. Like, no. Hell, the Dolphins, historically, remember, they were tanking three years ago, won three of their last five games. The Doug Peterson, tanking week 18 is not tanking. Sam Hinkie tanked for like four straight seasons. NBA teams tank in December. Their season ends in May. Like, you don't get, like, I don't, tanking and losing in week in the last game of the season when you have draft position on the line and you're a two or three win team is good business. Tanking in early December or late November is, that, that's, that's what the NFL does not have. And they never have. The nature of the sport, the nature of the, you know, every player, no guaranteed contracts. They've been very lucky. And what they have carried over college and the pros is there are a lot of rivalries and everything means a lot, right? Every game, even against bad teams, against good teams, matter. You only get 17 of them. Everyone tries. Now, there are blowouts, but it's, but that doesn't, in the NFL, for the most part, our games are relatively close. It's why a big point spread is like seven, eight points. You open the college point spreads, you see 20, 30 all throughout the year. Hell, you see some conference games where the point spread is 20 points. You never see that in the NFL. Honestly, there haven't even been this year that many double-digit point spreads, which remember the Miami team with Flores when he was supposed to tank and he didn't, which cost him Joe Burrow, no big deal. Uh, They had several spreads that were like 17 points, which is unheard of in the NFL. And like when you look at the Ohio State-Michigan game, when they had 17 million people watching, you know why? Because people like John Middlecoff in Scottsdale, Arizona, didn't miss a second. The rivalry, the history, the talent, everything. Like, I I wasn't going to miss that game. Just like I would imagine many people listening watched it. Why? Because we know how much they care. We know how much it matters. Whether you're a Big Ten guy, whether you went to the schools, or whether you went to Cal Poly or Texas State or FAU, it doesn't matter because you know how much it means. And football, like we've had some great rivalries over the years. To me, the best rivalry was when I was in college and even late in high school, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Two of the best players ever. Their teams played every year, most of the time, twice a year. They played each other basically their entire careers. It was awesome. And one thing I think we're starting to get in the AFC, and part of being a rivalry is like you need both teams to win. Like why was Ohio State and Michigan so highly rated this year? Because Michigan won last year. Like, if Ohio State had kicked Michigan's ass last year, that game wouldn't have mattered as much this year. Even though, obviously, it would have mattered because they were both undefeated, but no one would have thought Michigan could win the game. So, for the first time, even, and I was there, I was like, is Michigan really going to win this game? But I thought they had a chance because of last year. So, to get a good rivalry, you need both teams and both sides to win. That's why the Red Sox and Yankees, like, were they really a rivalry? Well, once in 04, and the Red Sox started winning, it got a lot more interesting. Like, I grew up around Sacramento. Sacramento Kings and the Lakers were not a rivalry. Why? Lakers always won. <laughs> they always did. Like, the Warriors haven't really had rivalries. They've always, like, them and the Rockets were not a rivalry. They always beat them. Them and the Cavs, you could argue, right? LeBron got them one time. But part of a rivalry is, like, both sides got to have a chance. And one thing that's cool about this Bills-Chiefs thing is, like, I've now not for all the marbles, the Chiefs have beat them in the playoffs, but when Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen hopefully play in the second or the conference championship this year. We're going to go into that game, depending on where it is, it's actually irrelevant where it is. Whether it's in Buffalo or in Kansas City, we go, either team has a chance to win. And we're going to be glued and 38 million people are going to watch. Because it's going to be two of the best quarterbacks. It's a rivalry. A lot of connections. The two-star quarterbacks, uh, the coaches, they've worked together. It's fascinating. And to me, we might have an addition to that. Because last year, remember... The Bengals beat him twice, but obviously beat him in the most important game and honestly the weirdest second half we've ever seen out of Patrick Mahomes. And then this week, talking a bunch of shit, this game matters. And when you're, it's, it's honestly baseball's, you know, people think it's like, it's so slow, it's so boring. You know their biggest issue is they play every fucking night. Every single night. And in 2022, every game's on television. So like, why do I need to watch? in late May or early July or early August. I mean, I could, I might, and I do sometimes, but ultimately, there's another game tomorrow and another game tomorrow. It's like, why are the golf majors so important? There are four a year. Tennis, why are the Grand Slams so important? There's only four of them, right? Some games mean more. Some tournaments mean more. Why am I, who I don't care at all about soccer, 
but I love America, patriotic individual, and I like sports. So I'm glued. I'm recording this Thursday afternoon. The World Cup game comes on 8 o'clock Saturday morning. I will be up. I will be locked into that bad boy. Zero chance. Under no circumstances would I miss that game. I'm actually really excited for it. Why? Because it matters. And to me, the Cincinnati and Kansas City game now feels like it matters. We know Kansas City and Buffalo does. And you know who it's really going to matter to? Kansas City, <laughs> right? Because Cincinnati, who's actually got their swag back, Joe Burrow's just balling, and he's clearly not going away. Like, part of what's cool about, comp- like, ultimately with the Miami and 49er game, it's a one-off. It's a once-every-four-years game. So even if they play in the best game of the year, let's just say it's the it somehow tops. Think about the best game of the year. Bills, Minnesota. That was freaking awesome. They won't play again for four more years. <laughs> Right, If that had been the Kansas City-Buffalo game, or if that had been Kansas City-Cincinnati, or that had been 49ers-Rams you know, Rams or whatever, it would be so much more intriguing. And to me, when you get conference rivals with great quarterbacks, it just draws us in. No different, like I was watching a little bit last night of uh, flipping channels and all these like Big Ten, ACC, college basketball tournaments. And when I was a kid, they were so big in the 90s. College basketball has diminished greatly. And I think it's simply because, like, when I was a kid, guys, star players would stay for a couple years, like in college football. Like, the reason college football is so big is because we know the star players, like Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, Will Anderson, Aiden Hutchinson, like, we start viewing them as NFL players while they're in college. In college basketball, it happens so fast and then they're gone. Right? In college football, we can, a guy can start as a true freshman at Alabama, at Ohio State. Like, I knew Nick Bosa was when he was 19. I got to watch him for several years. Or whoever. Insert any sweet player. And college basketball now lacks that. Hell, some guys go to, like, the G League. It's, not, it's just not the same. and it's, it's just part of the deal. But Indiana, North Carolina. And the environment was sweet. I was like, God, this was reminds me of like, Dean Smith versus Bobby Knight back in the day. Ironically, is like Mike Woodson, who played for Bobby Knight, and Hubert Davis, who played for Dean Smith. So it was it had a good feel. Both teams were ranked. And I, I watched. I didn't, I don't know a player on either team. I don't even care. But it was like, I, I can't change this channel. Fucking people are going nuts. The place is packed. It feels like this is for all the marbles. And that's what Kansas City and Cincinnati, and a little bit, I would say Kansas City and Cincinnati feel like a bigger game than Miami and San Francisco, just strictly because the conference. Same, I think the Eagles play the Titans this week. Same deal. It's just, it, it's not quite the same. And when you get big conference te- games for teams that aren't in the same division, it's it's fun. And it's it's what we want as viewers. I know it's what I want as someone that talks about football. Plus, there's just the storyline in this game is I will be stunned. And I talked about this with Stucky. The level of edge that Kansas City is going to have. I mean, they were the team that got embarrassed. They were the team with the big lead. They were the team that blew it at the end of the first half. And now Cincinnati, like, ultimately, they got to go to the Super Bowl. It would have been Kansas City's third straight Super Bowl. Even if they win or lose against the Rams, I probably think they win. But how many teams, historically, I'm I'm not Belichick here, go to three straight Super Bowls, right? As long as you win one, you're not the Bills. So you got three straight Super Bowls. That's a really big accomplishment. Early 90s, Cowboys didn't. I'm pretty sure Walsh Niners never did. Um, maybe some of the Steeler teams. I, I don't know. Again, not a, not a football historian pre like 1990, but it's not an easy feat to do. So uh, I, I'm really excited for those two. Before we get into Stucky, I wanted to hit on one thing. I watched Matt Rule's press conference with Nebraska, and it hit me because he was pretty good. He captivated the screen. And it almost like, or was like, he was a politician. Had all the right things to say. Could hit the big points with the boosters. Could really resonate with the players. Kind of had it all. Honestly, looked like a movie character. And it hit me. He was made for college. Because in college, being a salesman is a big deal. You're always selling. Your program your players now to stay, future recruits, uh, future coaches that want to come coach for you or with you. You're selling everything constantly. Historically, before now we have potentially this 12, we don't, it's not potentially, we will have a 12-team playoff. You had to sell your own team. 
to get to the best bowl games. And I think Urban Meyer is a, a pretty good example of this too. He could put on a show. He literally does it now on television. The NFL, where obviously has some enormous personalities that I think we all agree would crush it in college football. Remember last year when the USC job was open and rumors linked Mike Tomlin to USC, we all said, God, that would be a pretty sweet fit. (laughs) I think that would work. Now, he was offended, rightfully so. Like, you think I'd fucking leave the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'd rather win a couple games here in Pittsburgh than go coach in college. And he's right. Sean McVay, obviously Pete Carroll had success in college. The NFL is a better job from a lifestyle standpoint, from, you know, potentially a financial standpoint. Top guys in the NFL make more than the top guys in college. And, uh, and yeah, but the, here's the thing. Sundays is about scheming. You spend most of your week figuring out how to out-scheme the opponent. It's a thinking man's game. I have to outthink you. In college, a lot of it is selling your program and getting the best players and then out-athleting you. Having better Jimmy and the Joes, not the X's and the O's. In the pros, we all got the Jimmys and the Joes. Now, obviously, some teams are more talented than others, but we do not all have the X's and the O's. Where in college, being a CEO head coach is actually pretty normal. Harbaugh, uh, Urban was, Matt Rule is. These guys are very successful coaches. James Franklin is. It's in the norm. Nick Saban now is, though he is an excellent scheme guy. Kirby Smart now is. It's the norm. It's what you do. And watching Matt Rule, I thought, this guy, the reason he failed in the NFL, we all say, and I'm guilty of this, he didn't have a quarterback. And that's true. He couldn't outthink anybody. He couldn't outscheme anybody. Because that ain't his deal. He's a recruiter. He's a salesman. He's meant for Saturdays. And I say this all the time about being a defensive coordinator and not a head coach. Best part about being the number two in the NFL Pays two to three million dollars to be the number two. You know the best part about being a great head coach that can't cut it on Sundays? <coughs> Still pays eight, nine million dollars. So I think Matt Rule watching that press conference, I don't know if he's gonna have success in Nebraska. I've driven through the state of Nebraska one time in twenty-four hours. So I I've never spent any time there. I spent the night one time in Lincoln, Nebraska. I I, I don't know anything about Beside growing up, they were a powerhouse. I, I don't, it sure feels like an uphill battle to me. But it does feel like he has the salesmanship, the vision as a CEO, because schematically, you know, he's probably average. But if he can get the best players and recruit the best coaches, then he'll have a shot. But that's like, no one cares. You, you don't sell anyone anything in the NFL. If you want to get a player to come to you, you pay for them. Right, You draft players. Then I play Bruce Arians. Then I play Sean Payton. Then I play Kyle Shanahan. Then I play Bill Belichick. And I have to out-coach them. Like when I play Ohio State, if I'm Nebraska, they're always going to have better players than me. Now, if I can recruit well enough when I play Wisconsin, when I play Iowa, maybe I can get better players than them. Maybe at most, it can be even. And then it'll come down to my assistant coaches. But Matt Rule watching them, uh, I understand why, if I'm a Nebraska fan, I'm excited. And I also understand why he didn't make it in the NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA 
for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Back at it again with my man Stucky, who is on fire. And Thanksgiving week is never easy because those games come up, on, come up on you fast. He just went 3-0. and And as he told me when he jumped on, he went 8-0 and on the weekend. Uh, he's scorching hot. Absolutely scorching. But when you're friends with Mike White, uh, who's basically Joe Namath now, I, I can't blame you. Stucky, you can hear him Action Network podcast. You can hear him big bets on campus. A lot of college football going on. Big week, actually, which is kind of crazy that these teams have to play the extra game. And if they lose, like USC, you know, if the season just ended now, they've all played 12 games, they would be in. But if they lose this game, they're out. Uh, but it is what it is. We'll get the 12-team playoff right around the corner. Stucky, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, brother? A uh, little under the weather, and I know you are too. So uh, let's let's grind through this and try to find some winners. Hell yeah. Uh, where do we want to start? Uh, let's, let's start with your guy, Mike White, who uh, came in. It's pretty clear the Jets are really good, right? They have a very, very talented team, and how they're missing some really good players. Uh, their quarterback play uh, couldn't have been any worse. And I'm not saying the guy was Joe Montana or John Elway, but that that was a pretty damn good performance given what they've been used to. I mean, it, it kind of feels like the Jets now are a lock playoff team. Now, this is a big game. Uh, you know, at Minnesota, the place is going to be going nuts. Minnesota clearly is pretty good, despite, you know, statistically, I mean, they're just winning games. But I do kind of like the Jets' physicality against them. Now, can Mike White, you know, back up his three-touchdown performance, no picks? It's going to be interesting, but a, a tough defense, run the ball, solace, some old-school football. Uh, th- those two wide receivers feel alive now in Wilson and Elijah Moore. I, I think the Jets got to be the pick here, right? Yeah, I like the Jets plus three here. I mean, I, I was... So down on the like, I was looking for spots to fade the Jets early in the season just because I thought Zach Wilson was horrendous and like the worst quarterback that we've seen in years, and that was the missing piece. And I last week when I told you we're I'm betting the Jets against the Bears, like I, I was assuming that they were going to bench Zach Wilson, which they did. I think that's a big rallying point too. Like for the locker room, they benched him. Whether it was White or Flacco that came in, they got the win. You know, Wilson, who just was wouldn't take accountability. And so I think that they're going to carry this momentum over throughout the rest of the season. But that was the missing piece. And they didn't need, you know, Mahomes at quarterback. They just needed someone. It's a very like one read, quick pass, short passing offense. And Zach Wilson couldn't complete like like against the Patriots. He couldn't complete passes in the flat. Like that it was, was a joke. very basic stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. So and that that's Mike White's strength, like just throwing you know, short pass. I think last week, sixty. I think 65, 66% of his passes were graded as short. Well, the Vikings actually are dead last in the NFL against short passes. It's a defense that's very vulnerable. It's dealing with injuries in the secondary. And I think that the Jets will be able to methodically move the ball on the Vikings. And if you look at the Vikings statistically, and, you know, they, they're they a average to a below average team, just if you adjust for opponent, and the, but they've won nine one-possession games against a fairly soft schedule. They've gotten a lot of breaks. They've got a lot of turnover breaks. I mean, even against the Patriots, you know, you get a kick return for a touchdown. You get that bizarre call at the goal line. And it's uh, they've gotten just every break possible. They're going to go into a lull here, I think. Like, I think that they got that Patriots win. They're, this division is clear. And the Jets, every game is so big in the AFC because the AFC is just absolutely loaded. But the Vikings schedule coming up, it's like, I mean, it's a joke. It's Bears, Packers, Lions, Colts. They... they so I think that the, after that win, you could see them, you know, the Eagles have done this too after a, a hot start. But yeah, I think that the Vikings are a little 
overvalued. I think the Jets are the better overall team, and I think they're going to carry that momentum over from last week. And what can the Jets do? They can generate pressure without blitzing. They're number one in the NFL in that category, and that's how you get the Cousins and force them into mistakes. So, uh, I, and I also think that there's something to you know, like outside of the Eagles, Niners, and Cowboys, like the NFC is is so weak, especially that that Vikings division. And if you look at AFC underdogs this year against the NFC, they're 14 and seven against the spread. So I think that some of these, you know, teams that are a step below, you saw it with the the Bucks going to the Browns last week in the NFC. Um, they're a little overvalued compared to the AFC. You just got, you're in the AFC, you're going through a gauntlet every every single week. So uh, yeah, I like the Jets catching three here. I mean, look how good the Jets division is. I mean, it's just yeah. we're recording this before the Thursday night game, but obviously the even the Patriots, if they lose that, I mean, they're a solid team and the Bills are powerhouse. Miami and the Jets. I mean, that's pretty clear that's probably a three team playoff division, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, and that Browns, you know, Browns get Watson back. We'll see how he looks this weekend. But yeah, the, the it's funny that the AFC West, which was ever, what everyone was talking about, is going to be loaded. It ends up being uh, I know maybe the worst division in the AFC. It, it's well, it's crazy. The and then, well, speaking of another division that I think we all thought was going to be pretty good because they got three teams in last year. Uh, now it turns out Seattle is not as shitty as we all believed, but the Rams and the Cardinals are, I mean, are destined for top ten picks. It looks like this would have been a game. I'll be honest, I I would not gamble on. Uh, but you told me you like the side here. The Rams are built like an NBA team, and their high-end players, when they're on, are really good. But Stafford's out, we think. Uh, I, I would imagine we might not see him again. Aaron Donald is legitimately out, and obviously Cooper Cup is on injured reserve. So those are, you know, I mean, Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald are two of the better players in the NFL, and Stafford's a $45 million quarterback. Um, I don't know, man. I it's just hard for me to take the Rams seriously, though. They, they put up a little fight, I, I thought, in the first half last week against Kansas City. Now, I also wonder, from Kansas City's perspective, like, do they have the best week of practice when when you're going up against, uh, you know, Bryce Perkins or whoever the hell their quarterback is? Seven and a half for a home team, though, that just won the Super Bowl um, is a lot of points, but it doesn't quite be the team that resembles the Super Bowl team. Now, the one thing with Seattle watching that Raider game, does feel like they're running out of juice a little bit. I mean, their defense is a shell of what it was earlier in the season. They get no pass rush. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Josh Jacobs on a bad calf ran for 250, you know, I guess 230 yards or whatever. Uh, you do wonder, Seattle, are, are they running on fumes a little bit, Giants style? The, the one thing with Seattle, different from the Giants, right, is they do have, I mean, a couple wide receivers or high-end players. Kenneth Walker's really good. feels like they have a couple more high-end players in the Giants beside, like, Saquon Barkley. Like, you know, who are their elite guys beside an offensive lineman? Yeah, look, I played the Rams here. I like them over a touchdown. I just – this is a pure numbers play. And I actually, funny enough, earlier this season on Twitter, I said if the Rams lose, I think, like, Cup look banged up and then Donald, now they're actually both out. I said if the if the Rams lose and Stafford, by the way, is, was a bottom five quarterback this year, a lot of, because of the offensive line. Well, he was, yeah, he was said, ter- didn't he have like nine picks in five games? Yeah, he, he was terrible. He was he was horrendous. Uh, and so, but anyway, I said if the Rams lose, Cup, I mean Cup and Donald, they're basically the Texans. Like that's the, the, they're they, Donald's worth like two points to the spread. He's he's enormous, and just the attention that he draws and the cast that he can, cause, and that's like as big as you'll ever. See have anyone that's not a quarterback be worth to a point spread, one and a half, two points. That's Aaron Donald. And then obviously Cup is massive. So they're basically the Texans. So like you can think of it here, like you're betting on the Texans. And if the Texans were catching seven and a half at home against the Seahawks, I would bet the Texans. Now the Rams have a little better coaching staff, and this is a divisional game. And you said the Rams are destined for like a top 10 pick. Here's the thing. They can't tank. I mean, what are they going to tank? Like the 80th pick? They're yeah, tanking, they don't, tank for the Lions? They don't have any picks. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, look, the, the Seahawks, they got 600 yards to the Raiders last week. Um, like 600 yards. That's like a Big 12 college football game. And, yeah, so I just think this is way too many points in a low total. Like, scoring is down across the NFL this year. Home dogs catching seven or more, seven and oh against the spread. It's hard to build margin. And I, I just cannot get to this number. You mentioned the Seahawks don't get pressure. That's huge against, the, uh, you know, a quarterback it's, it stinks. You, it's yeah, going to be really bad. And then you just got to hope that he completes some passes in the flats. You got to get to like 14, 17 points here. The Rams defense, is still, like these are still professional athletes playing for contracts. Coaches still playing for contracts. It's a divisional game. Um, 
you know, I, I, they're still going to show up. And the Rams' defense is built to stop the run. Like, they've been one of the best run defenses in the NFL this year. Schematically, it is as well. So, even without Donald, you can they can slow down Seattle on the ground. And if you're able to do that, if you look at Geno Smith this year, all of his best games are against teams that could not stop the run. It sets up the play action. you got to bring safeties up. And he's, you know, to his credit, he's hitting lots of deep passes. But, so, you know, this is just too many points. And, like, the Browns are bet with Deshaun Watson. We'll see what he looks like in his first game back. Even with the Browns with Jacoby Brissett are better than the Seahawks, in my opinion. And the Browns are only laying seven at Houston. And I, I the Rams, even with Bryce Perkins, without Donald, without Cup, are not as bad as the Texans, who are the worst team in the NFL and do have an incentive to tank. So this is too many points. Just as soon as this went over seven, I said I had to take it. Hold your nose. It's awful. It's horrendous. I know. It's ugly. And I don't blame you if you don't want to follow. But, yeah, I, I bet the Rams plus seven and a half. If we assumed that one of these two teams has to make the playoffs, the Giants and the Seahawks, if I said you have to take $5,000 and put it on one of the two teams, what team would you bet on to make the playoffs? Uh, I'd probably bet the Seahawks, mainly just because of their schedule. I think they get the, the Rams. Well, they have the Rams twice left. Twice, see yeah. what the Rams are. Um and the Giants, I believe, Commanders twice gonna, still play. Yeah, the they're going to play a couple more divisional games in their division. Uh, Cowboys is, is tougher overall. I guess they've than, played the Cowboys twice already. They play the Eagles again. They play the Commanders twice, and yeah, they're just dealing with so many injuries. So yeah, I'd, it's tough. So, I'd probably bet on so, Seattle just because of the schedule. So would you say that the Cowboys, Commanders, and yeah, I, I tend to agree with you when you look at the schedule. Seattle are the three wild card teams then for the NFC. Yeah, and but by the way, like the Seahawks, what what are they sitting right now? They are six and five. Six and five. So if they lose this game, then no, I'd probably lean the Giants. I mean, if the Giants win this week, then yeah, they're going to be way ahead of the Seahawks. If the Seahawks lose this game, so like Rams Giants, is, Giants need to split with the Commanders. That's what they yeah. need to do. Yeah, and the Seahawks look. The Rams. This is a divisional opponent. Like they they could maybe potentially like end the Seahawks season with a win here. They're still going to care. Um and like, there's not tanking. Like, sometimes you'll see a team like Lovey Smith with the Bucks tanked for Jameis Winston back in 2014. Like, that's widely known. He just like started benching all the starters in the second quarter and to get the number one pick. That's in the last week. But as I said, this is a divisional game in week 13, and the Rams have nothing to tank for. Like zero. They they, they don't picks. I agree. I saw Sean Payton say to Coward, he's like, you know, tanking has taken place in this league. Well, I don't count the last game of the season. Nobody tanks a month. Like the NBA, they they tank for half the season. In the and NFL, more. Yeah, if you want to tank the last game, that, that's a business decision. If you're tanking sure. starting December one, like yeah, that's yep. a problem. But that never Agreed. happens. It's yeah, why Agreed. every single fucking year we see these crazy upsets on Monday night football, on Thursday night football. It happens all the time. Nobody tanks beside the last game, and I can't blame anyone for not carrying the last game when you have three wins. Yeah, but but then even if if you look the. If you look historically, and we'll talk about this in week 18, historically, one of my favorite bets is in the last week of the regular season when these teams that are eliminated are playing teams that need to win, either to have a chance in the playoffs or to get in. The, the Jags the line, last year. Yeah, the lines are always inflated, and like it's a chance for you know one team's playing tight with all the pressure, and this other team's like, oh, wait, we've been dead for weeks. Now this is kind of like our playoff game, and I love betting those teams. So in, in the NFL – you rarely get it. Um, so, yeah, I think the Rams show up here, and it's ugly, but we'll, hopefully they stay within a touchdown. Uh, this is probably the game of the week, given that it's the uh, rematch of the AFC Championship game. The players are talking shit to each other on uh, on Twitter. Uh, you know, obviously Mahomes, best quarterback in the league. Burrow's top five uh, and just a star. This Cincinnati's really humming now. Uh, Kansas City's really kind of flexed their muscles as probably the best team in the league, you know, I would say the last couple months. This is just a fantastic game, you know, and and you would say Cincinnati's still trying to get their swag back from starting slow, even though I guess they've been hot now for a couple months. And, and this is a big game to me for Kansas City as like, fuck you guys, you know, last year, I mean, that, that was the worst half maybe of the Mahomes Reed era against a credible opponent, right? Especially when you factor in what was on the line. So I, I'd be stunned knowing Coach Reed and the team he has if they don't come out guns blazing in this game. I, I love the Chiefs in this spot. Yeah, I, I love the Chiefs. So I had this spot circled, as I'm sure the Chiefs did, right when the schedules came out. And look, this is they don't they don't even have revenge just for that playoff game. They also lost at Cincy 
in last year when they were up two touchdowns again in the second half. And then there was all these calls late and since he was yeah. able to run the clock down, I, me- I remember and that. then kick a field goal at the goal line. Wasn't that the moment at the end at the goal line where they went for two or they kept going for touchdowns? They got like seven shots. Yes. Yes. And then they were able to just kneel it on first and goal until the clock ran out. They didn't have to get the ball back. They to kick a field goal. Um, it was a wild game, but yeah, the, the chiefs have had this game circled. I mean, let the Eli Apple, all the corners were talking shit after that game. And what the Bengals did last year, and it worked, is they just the second half, they dropped eight and it completely just threw Mahomes off his game. They stopped blitzing and they just said, be patient. And he wasn't able to. And then he got flustered and then everything just went downhill. Well, I, you know, the Chiefs, I'm, I say this a lot, like why I like to fade them sometimes as favorites at home. They don't like to show a lot in games that they know they're going to win. And they kind of just will build their lead and then they know that they can coast from there. And they're not a team that generally piles it on unless they're just humming. Like when, And when, if they're humming in this game, like everything is right, you can't keep up with them. Happens like once every couple months. But they're going to have, I mean, they've probably been designing plays for what I'm assuming the Bengals are going to do again for all of offseason. And they played the Rams with Bryce Perkins last week while the Bengals played the Titans. So you bet your ass that Reed spent that a lot of that week preparing for this game while the, the Bengals had almost a must win at Tennessee. And yeah, I mean, any times you can get Mahomes just to win a game in the regular season, by the way, he's the chiefs have won 26 straight November and December. I'm there. And Mahomes is 17, five and one against the spread as either an underdog or a favorite of under three points. It's like the old Brady uh, when Brady was a dog or just a favorite of two, two and a half, and he, you just need him to win. I'll trust him with my money that he's going to find a way to win. If he's a favorite of like over seven, sometimes that's when you could look to fade Brady. Same with Mahomes. So yeah, I I think the Chiefs have had this game circled. They have. They're going to unleash all of the like the the best Chiefs plays you're going to see throughout this game. Should be close. Barrow will will put up a good fight, but I just need the Chiefs basically to win this game. Give me Mahomes here in this spot. Yeah, that first half too last year in the AFC Championship game. I mean, Mahomes was having one of his classic performances, right? It felt like he was on pace for like seven touchdowns, and then they blew it at the end of the half, and then he can't. They came out and they looked like the Texans or something. In the it was the it was honestly one of the more bizarre things if you're a sports fan that you've seen in recent memory, right? Yeah, I had the I had the Bengals, and I said it's twenty one ten Chiefs, and they're at the goal line, and then Mahomes would would have two shots at the end zone, and he drops back and he inexplicably just throws it to. Tyreek, which I mean, I guess in hindsight, it's not the worst thing you can do, but he gets tackled at the four and the clock runs out. I, with a Bengals, I had the Bengals plus seven and a half. The Chiefs get the ball to start the second half. Mahomes is at the goal line up 21 10. I'm saying to myself, it's going to be 35 to 10 in about 25 minutes. Yeah. It's crazy that the Bengals were able to come back. And it all started on that play. So, yeah, uh, I, the, I, I think this is a, a classic Chiefs spot. Do, do you think the Bengals, you know, I, Again, we're doing this before the Bills, and you know when they're healthy, they're pretty damn good. But is it just a lock that is Chiefs Bills in the championship game, or you know the Bengals? If somehow they were to win this game, I mean, do, do you think they are a legit foe with everything? I mean, I saw yesterday Lamar Jackson left practice, and clearly the Ravens are just having a weird season. Uh, and I know you're a Ravens guy. Would you say Cincinnati's the third best team? Even I, I know they just beat Tennessee, but. Yeah, I mean, the, the, it depends. The the Ravens are they have to get their like their run game going. Jackson has to get healthy. But the, if it's if there's like weather, that's the team you don't want to play outdoors. And, and all these games are going to be yeah, almost every every team that's going to be hosting games in the AFC playoffs is going to be outdoors. So the Ravens and their defense and look, this is a team that's led by I think seven to ten in every fourth quarter this year. So they're dangerous. And hold on one second. Sorry, I had a cough. Um, it happens. Yeah, the, uh, but but I, yeah, I think the Bengals with their offense, like if you have to go toe to toe with Allen or Mahomes, you would want Mahomes and that offense with Chase healthy. The defense is formidable enough. So if they get hot, and you know their offensive line, which was their liability last year, you know it's it's getting better over time. Yeah, they're, they're probably the most dangerous team. Their schedule is very tough. So the Bengals, they needed that game last week against Tennessee. They have the hardest schedule remaining in the NFL and the AFC, as we talked about, is loaded. So they lose this weekend, which I think they do. They're going to have some big games coming up. Um, you know, you're going to have to play the Browns with Watson later. You play, you have to go uh, play the Ravens again. Their schedule is brutal. So if they can get in and get a good position, yeah, the Bills will figure it out. They just have so many injuries right now. 
We'll yeah. see if they can get healthy. But yeah, the AFC is is loaded. It's going to be fun. Well, Stucky, get better. I will try to do the same. Suck down some vitamins, and uh, you know, we'll spend some money. Absolutely. Good luck this weekend. Later, bro. volume Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.